are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Friday. Not actually going to be the final show of the week. I missed Thursday's show with just some personal stuff going on, just a busy day and didn't have time to record, so we're going to make it up to you all with a special Saturday, the rare Saturday edition of Locked On Pelicans. We're going to do it tomorrow. I think like the only time I've done these are when it's breaking news. Gentry getting fired was a Saturday. The DeMarcus Cousins injury was a Friday night, so a show came out Saturday morning for you all. So, or maybe it was Sunday. I don't really remember. Uh, that was a weekend, though. So rarely do you get a weekend episode. Got one here for you as we head into the long weekend, the Labor Day weekend. So it'll be an extra special episode. We're going to talk Chris Paul and a trade with the Thunder. We're just going to focus solely on that in that show because I think we're all having some Chris Paul nostalgia right now after seeing him take Oklahoma City to Game 7 against the Houston Rockets. They lost. He played amazing in that series, and it just kind of reminds us all of, oh, yeah, this dude is really, 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 really good. So we're going to focus on somehow getting him back to New Orleans because he feels like he could be a difference maker here. But in today's show, we're going to talk Rookie of the Year. Zion didn't win. It's okay, but he also... Didn't finish where we thought he was going to finish. Then in the second segment, the Brooklyn Nets hired Steve Nash out of nowhere. How does that affect the Pelicans coaching search? What's it mean for the Nets? And it's going to tie into our third segment because that was a relationship-based hire. Could the Pelicans make a relationship-based hire? And who would that head coach be? And it's not Ty Lue. It's someone else, relationship to a player. I'll let you know who it is in the third segment. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. So the Rookie of the Year announcement came yesterday. I like that the NBA has scrapped doing that like postseason awards show where you kind of find out all of this stuff like a month or two after it actually is relevant and matters because it's after the NBA Finals and no one really cares. And I kind of like just when there's just a, a tweet bomb from Woj or Shams just dropped and like, boom, there you go. B.I.'s most improved. You have it. Done. No big like pump and everything around it. Just this is the most improved player or this is the rookie of the year. And in the case of rookie of the year, it's exactly who we thought it was going to be. It was John Morant basically in a landslide. This wasn't particularly close. He finished with 498 total points. He had 99 of the 100 first place votes. Someone voted him second place. That person who voted him second place gave their first place vote to Zion Williamson. I don't know who it is. If you guys know, or maybe I missed it on Twitter. There you go. But basically, it was almost unanimous. It, sh it probably should have been unanimous that John Morant was going to win Rookie of the Year. But what's kind of surprising is that Zion Williamson didn't actually finish second. That went to Kendrick Nunn of the Miami Heat. He finished with 56 second-place votes to Zion's 37 second-place votes. He also finished with more third-place votes than Zion Williamson did, 36 to 24. The overall total points goes 531, again, is 498. 
for Ja Morant, 204 for Kendrick Nunn, and 140 for Zion Williamson. Brandon Clark, also of Memphis, finished with 50 points and a distant fourth place. And then it just gets kind of sad after that in terms of the points. 3-2-2-1 for Kobe White, Eric Pascal, Terrence Davis II, and R.J. Barrett. This was always going to kind of be the case. It was going to be John Morant. He's not the best rookie, but this award is called Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year. Not best rookie, and he should have won. You've got to factor in the entirety of the season, and he just played straight up far more minutes than Zion Williamson did. Far more games. And since it's a year-long award vote, you know, however you want to qualify it, he deserved to win. And this... Shouldn't surprise anyone. It shouldn't upset anyone either. And I think it's probably just right. John Morant played 2,074 minutes. Let me get Zion's here as I pull it up. It's not like anywhere close to that. Zion Williamson played 668 minutes. Kenrich Williams played more minutes than Zion Williamson did this season. Tells you a lot. Zion played in 24 games and John Morant played in 67 games. Like, there you go. That's the difference maker. It doesn't make John Morant the better player, the better rookie, but he is the rookie of the year. Kendrick Nunn finishing second is a little bit of a surprise, but he had a pretty good season for Miami and is, you know, frankly, probably deserving again of finishing second. Zion only playing 24 games and none of the seeding games counting like really, really hurt him in this sort of thing. And I can't really argue with it. Again, it's a year long award and you've got to play minutes all year long to be able to do it. Kendrick Nunn, 1,962 minutes. Nunn, by the way, in 67 starts. Averaged 15.3 points per game. He did it on 35% shooting from deep. He was pretty good. It was kind of a surprise this year as a 24-year-old rookie. Uh, But you know what? He's deserving. I I can't really complain about this. I want to give you guys some hot take or something like that. Like Zion should have won. Zion's the best rookie from this class. But you're right. He is not the rookie of the year because it's a year-long vote. Whatever, I th- maybe it motivates him for the future, and I'm cool with that. So we'll look at the Brooklyn Nets and their hire here coming up in just a second. But today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. You got to keep your car running. It can be expensive. Make it a little bit cheaper with rockauto.com. Look, if you go to one of those chain stores looking for the parts you want, or even just motor oil or like carpeting for your car, whatever it might be, you're kind of beholden to them. They're going to have one type of part. You're going to have to pay that price and you're getting overcharged because chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. But you don't need to go into a chain store. You have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home or even in your pocket on your phone. And rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. And their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and even best, prices you prefer. And prices is key because best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same part? Should absolutely not do that. They have everything you could possibly want. Transmissions, radiators, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com 
Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team and the league. There's a lot going on right now, so subscribe wherever you get your podcast from so you never miss an episode. So in other surprise news yesterday, like I said, the awards just kind of come out like, boom, bam, here is your rookie of the year. We also had like a surprising announcement early Thursday morning. Like basically, if you were on the West Coast, you woke up and all of a sudden Steve Nash is the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. And that is not what anyone was expecting. The Brooklyn Nets run a pretty tight ship to begin with. They don't let a lot of leaks and rumors come out of there. And Mark's their GM has really focused on that since he's taken over that team. And so when all of a sudden it just found out that coming from Woj, I think that the the Brooklyn Nets have hired Steve Nash to be their head coach. Everyone's like, what the hell? And then you start to kind of see how it all unfolded and all of that. And okay, yeah, we kind of get how you arrived at this. But this was a legitimate shock in a day and age where it's rare you get a legitimate shock in terms of sports media. And this was one of them. All of the rumors coming out and all of the reporters who reported on those, people who talked about things, like we talked about some of the stuff here. But man, the people putting that stuff out there just did the work of the Brooklyn Nets when they were leaking things to them to try and keep things quiet that was really going on. Like the the rumors of Popovich going to the Nets and leaving the Spurs and all of that. It's like, one, I didn't believe that in the first place, but man, that was kind of surprising and so now you've got Steve Nash there and this is surprising from a different aspect not just that it happened kind of suddenly and out of left field but the fact is he is stepping into a team that is going to have a a good bit of roster turnover this offseason I think and is getting back Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant which make them instant title contenders this is a pressure filled situation you're not walking in there allowed to make mistakes as a head coach allowed to learn on the job as much as you might be in another situation. This is something where like it's title or bust in the next three years for this team. That's a lot of pressure for a head coach who maybe doesn't have the experience on how to handle that sort of thing. And Steve Nash is a Hall of Fame player, amazing point guard, very smart. No one doubts his basketball IQ, but he doesn't have coaching experience. He's worked as a consultant for the Golden State Warriors, and in fact, that's basically how he was able to land this Brooklyn Nets job, is he has a relationship with Kevin Durant uh, from working as a consultant, and they spent a lot of time in the offseason working together, and basically, just Kevin Durant loves the dude, and that's probably a big part of the reason why that he was hired there in Brooklyn, because they clearly ran this hire and the hire that they were going to potentially make by both Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Both those guys basically got Kenny Atkinson fired in midseason or Atkinson like left when he knew he was going to get fired. So they basically made the coaching hire. Like they, they didn't have the final decision on this, but let's not lie and pretend that they didn't have a ton, a ton of input into this sort of thing. And you know what? It's a relationship-based league at times. Who do you know? You know, that's like anything, right? And so sometimes this is just really important. You trust a guy, you have faith in a guy, you hire that guy because your players like him or something like that. So that's what's happening here. But I don't know how Steve Nash is going to respond to this sort of thing. Making that leap from player to coach without prior experience, there's not a long list and it's very hit or miss. Most recently, Jason Kidd did it with the Nets and was gone after one year. You had... Um, I'm blank. The former guy was the former head coach of the Knicks and Lakers as I completely blank on his name and it'll come to me in a little bit. You had Doc Rivers do it 
with the Orlando Magic, but he wasn't good there. It took him getting fired and then landing with the Celtics to eventually become the head coach that he is. And he's very good now, I think. You had Magic Johnson do it. You know, it, it doesn't always have the greatest success in the league when you try and make that jump right away. These guys have been around teams. They know how teams are run. Like you put in some of that same structure. We practice this way. We do this. This is then you go work out. You'll have assistance. And they said they're keeping Jacques Vaughn there in Brooklyn to be the lead assistant for him. And he's going to be the highest paid lead assistant in the league. So you have someone who's very strong and interviewed for that coaching job too. But this is still surprising to me. And I just don't know. Like, again, there's only 30 of these jobs out there. So you take what you can get. But I don't know if I'd want my first time being a head coach when you know you're going to screw up, you're going to handle things wrong and incorrectly and need to kind of learn from that. I don't know if I want to do that around Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. That is for sure because they seem like they change their opinions on things very quickly. And the second they sour on you, you're gone. Now, might be fine. I'll get paid and make a bunch of money and not have to do this. But also Steve Nash was more recently working as a damn soccer analyst on TV than coaching in the league or playing in the league. I do wonder about him succeeding in this role, especially given that it's his first job. But smart dude, and he can connect with these guys and clearly has a good relationship with Kevin Durant. Maybe that's all you need in that type of situation. Maybe you need more of just like a personnel manager than anything else. And I think that's very true there. Which is why I would have thought that Ty Lu should have just been a shoe-in for them. Although maybe it is just that uh, Kyrie Irving doesn't like him and doesn't want to be coached by him after being coached by him before. So this was a very interesting hire, but it shows that relationships matter. And that's what we're going to get into in the next segment here on Locked On Pelicans. Don't forget to subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about your New Orleans Pelicans. All right, wrapping up today's show. So we just talked about how basically Steve Nash got hired by the Brooklyn Nets. You know, probably, like, there's more to it than this. But ultimately, what probably got this done is the relationship he has with Kevin Durant. So if you're looking for a coach to step in that has a relationship with a star player, yeah, you know, you're expecting me to maybe mention Coach K here. I'm not going to mention Coach K of Duke. But instead, a guy whose name will probably come up in the search, and that's Jerry Stackhouse. This is a guy who's a former NBA player, had a long career from 1995 to 2013, was a two-time All-Star, and has head coaching experience at various levels. He's currently the head coach of Vanderbilt over there in the SEC. And rumors are maybe he doesn't want to be there because he doesn't like recruiting. College game is very different from the NBA game. Maybe that's not exactly what he wants to be doing. He is from the same city that... Brandon Ingram is in North Carolina, and he coached him briefly during AAU ball, but has had a relationship with him ever since, essentially being his mentor and someone that works with him, talks to him, and is in touch with him very consistently. If you're looking to get buy-in from Brandon Ingram for the new coach, Jerry Stackhouse is probably the guy. I have to imagine, given the way they've talked about their relationship, that if Stackhouse asks Ingram to do anything out there on the basketball court, Ingram's going to at least try it. And we've seen that motivating this this Pelican squad and these players to just go and do stuff, right? Play defense, move on offense, all of that has been very difficult. So having a guy that connects with the best player on the team, at least right now, in Ingram, is probably 
a very good starting point. After playing, he started coaching with the Toronto Raptors as an assistant head coach and then coached their G League, D League affiliate where they won the G League title during that time before then moving on to being an assistant at the Memphis Grizzlies before becoming the head coach at Vanderbilt. So the pedigree and track record is there. And when you watch what his teams do, it's pretty good. They don't play with the fastest pace in the league, getting up and down the court and running, but I don't even think any of us want to kind of see that style immediately right away again, right? But instead, their half-court offense does look pretty good. When you look at some of the tape from the G League affiliate of the Toronto Raptors, the 905, and at Vanderbilt, it's a lot of motion on the weak side of the ball. So basically, while you might not be playing with pace in terms of up and down the court and possessions, you're playing with what I called like the pace of the possession. Passes, movement, no one just being stagnant and standing still. And those seem to be a lot of the main qualities of the offense. A lot of like normal things you would see, high pick and rolls and other stuff, but a lot of just off-ball movement trying to create good looks. The Pelicans didn't have a good half-court offense. Now, you might have some trouble running that kind of offense that he would want to run here without that kind of creator that you can see you clearly need. But we've seen Ingram make strides in that aspect of it. I don't think he's there all, all the way yet, and I don't know if he can get all the way there. But he is doing some some very good things. And if you want a guy who can maybe eke out some more out of Brandon Ingram, this is probably the guy here. And so I think he does like to see a lot of action to create shots. You wonder about the three-point shooting. You don't see enough of it from some of his teams, but I wonder if you know he kind of is adaptable. And I don't think this is one of those guys who just kind of does things his way and I think would easily be uh, open to making sure they're shooting threes and playing like modern basketball, basically. But this is interesting. It got me thinking about him after seeing the Steve Nash hire and the relationship he had with Ingram. Maybe that's what you look for in something like this. And David Griffin has talked about how important relationships are, buy-in, culture. And it seems like Stackhouse would be the guy to kind of create a lot of that here in New Orleans. I'm sure he's going to be one of the guys that gets an interview. There's now one less coaching job out there making this Pelicans one more appealing than maybe it already was. So we'll see where it goes with him. But there's a lot to like from him. Plus, his teams are pretty good defensively, too. As much as I don't think you should like go all in on that at the sake of offense, it's sacrificing offense, it's still not a bad thing to have, right? So I think this is a guy who has that all-star experience, it had a long time in the league, that players can buy into what he's saying, and I think that's going to be a good thing. So we'll see if he ends up being the head coach, but that's another guy to keep an eye on. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pels wherever you get your podcast from. And that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, bonus episode tomorrow because I missed Thursday. We're going to be talking about Chris Paul, bringing him here to the Big Easy, back to the Big Easy. But I'm also going to have a little bonus thrown in with any Chris Paul trade. You're not going to want to miss this. So make sure you tune in tomorrow or Sunday whenever you, you plan on listening uh, as we do a makeup show for you guys because I want to make sure we touch on this stuff and it's kind of fun. So let's get a little weird with it over the weekend. So thank you all for listening. Big thank you to Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.